1: Hello,
2: everybody, and welcome once again to Primetime with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and me, Sean Mooney. And, uh, Jim, fortunately, the week has passed where I haven't actually been able to, uh, you know, I've been able to stay in Arizona. I haven't uh, had to travel to cover some unfortunate news event somewhere in the country, but I know you, uh, you're usually on the road every week. This was no exception, and I know it was a great one for you this week because you got to catch up with a few of your old pals. Tell us about your (laughs) week, Jim.
3: Well, you're, you're a great barometer, Sean, of how things are going in the country. If you're yeah, home, things right. are nice, nice yeah. and slow. There's no yeah. national disasters or some yeah. other if, kind of disaster. And if not, I'm not doing something. this from a car somewhere in a hot spot on a phone, yeah. <laughs> or Yeah, I know you went to a restaurant. I It wasn't a nightclub. I know the other night there. <laughs> <laughs> God, I was hoping you'd think well, I was, Sean, Wait Jim. a minute, wait a minute. Brother. You know what I got to do, baby? Oh, hey, keep going. You know, hacksaw, fired up. But yeah, what, what a great weekend uh, we had this this past week and uh went up uh of course uh, another comic con which is which is always fun
2: oh yeah those are tremendous events aren't they
3: oh yeah we enjoy them a, a lot but this one was up in cleveland uh, ohio and of course we went up uh on uh, friday and jake the snake was up there and wow it was uh in my wedding 30 years ago. And, you know, was my, Jake and I were, as we talked about him before on on, on the podcast, we were yeah. best friends for years. And then, of course, he was on the pipe there for a while. I didn't talk to him for about 11 years. But now it's nice to see him back. He's his old self. And uh, we were sitting next to a couple of the Power Ranger guys and Flash Gordon. And, they, you know, halfway through the thing, he said, this is like sitting next to a bunch of sixth graders, you two wrestlers. <laughs> 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 Completely knock all my two by fours off my table. I go over. I mess all his pictures up. We're photo bombing each other. You know, we're we had a lot of fun. And uh, uh, it was, it was good to see him Slippery and uh, see see that he's doing well. And uh, it's great. I, I enjoy the comic cons. They're so much fun. The fans were so friendly and. Uh, I sit next to Jake, and I said, "I said, Jake, you should probably win the uh, the costume contest with that old man costume you have on.
2: <laughs> you could take the mask <laughs> off."
3: <laughs> so we had a lot of give and take, and it was oh a, it was man, a
2: lot of- Jim. I wish somebody would have just you know I wish they should have just locked down a camera somewhere and just let it roll because I'm sure that was entertainment uh, that everybody well, would have loved to watch seeing you two, two know, acting that.
3: together. We're pretty off the hook there, you know. Uh, yeah. So folks have to go to the uh, uh, Twitter to find them and Facebook. But yeah, we we did have some fun on camera too, because uh, you know Jake and I we go we go way back. At least we get each other's humor if nobody else gets it. Right? <laughs> we thought yeah. we were funny.
2: <laughs> hey, that's all you need though. As long as yeah, as long as you guys get it,
3: yeah, we <laughs> right. Have it, right. And of course, this weekend I'm heading up to uh, Marlborough, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And this is a, a, a great big uh, Comic Con up there. They're going to have all kinds of uh, movie stars. I think uh, like Lee Majors is there. Uh, Mick Foley's going to be there. So it would be good to see Mick. I haven't seen him since WrestleMania. Now, what uh, event is this? Uh, it's a, a Comic Con up in, it's called the Supercon uh-huh. in Marble, Massachusetts, which is about 35, 40 miles uh, east of Boston, or excuse me, west of Boston. And, uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a big con. Uh, I think their is going to be there too. So it's like old home week for the boys. We all get to visit and have fun.
2: Wow. Well, I'm glad that you make uh time for the fans, but I know that you could probably just sit all day and just, uh, you know, go back and forth with these guys like you did with Jake, uh, moving on though, with wanna and backing up a little bit, uh, we're, I think we're still on the track here, but, uh, how, how's Jake doing uh, and how do, uh, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the old man costume, that's uh, something that he likes to wear these days. But as far as, uh, <laughs> you know, how's he do, doing?
3: You kidding, man? That's when the kids come they get an eight by 10 picture from me. They look at the picture, they look at me, they look at the picture, they look at. Like, get out is of that here. Like, kid, is it
2: like that. the woman that shows up on match?
3: <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Different than the picture. <laughs> kind of giving yourself away, aren't you, Mooney? How do you know about that?
2: <laughs> I don't do that stuff anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, right. Wrestler's <laughs> honor. Yeah. <laughs> Happily but married. No, he, it was, he was doing. He yeah, I know you, Art, buddy, buddy. He yeah. was uh yeah, it was good to see. We had a lot of fun, man. And, of course, there was some, uh, I don't know if she was an adult porno star or something. And, of course, she kept coming over to the table and she was hanging out of her shirt and stuff. And, anyway, the same guy that took uh, Jake to the airport, you know, she gave his autograph pictures. I mean, it's kind of sober you up, if I you know what I mean. They were yeah,
2: did, did you actually
3: trapped. bring that home, Jim? <laughs>
2: well, that. That was with me, man. She was. Okay.
3: Been around, like, she knows the deal. But anyway, so Jake uh, he goes to the airport before I do. When I get home, like, I'm unpacking my bag. I had left my bag in the car. There's all her autographed pictures all <laughs> in my bag. <laughs> so he got he got the last one on the uh, way out of on this. side I'm surprised that there weren't a few
2: other items. Uh, if you know, <laughs> referencing uh, Frenchie Martin,
3: we're trying to keep as a family show. Yeah, yeah. But that of that's course. fantastic. Going through uh, the airport, You don't want to pull a sheet. <laughs> uh,
2: I don't imagine Jake brings a, 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 a Damien or anything to these events anymore. Is he done with the snakes?
3: Oh, no. I, I sign a bunch of one foot two by fours and he has his whole thing of garden snakes. He gives out to people.
2: Uh, really (laughs) Uh, that's you know what that'd be a great promotion (laughs) (laughs) little little cobra
3: are you kidding (laughs) just have have a snake Ah!
2: (laughs) i don't know jim i really think you're on to something i think that you need to uh, text him on that one it's just just an idea i'm just throwing it out there gardener snakes
3: Well, you know what we're talking about, we're, we're thinking about at uh, WrestleMania this year. You know, they always have so much stuff going on down at WrestleMania. Jake and I are going to uh, get a ballroom at one of the hotels and do our stand-up shows together uh, down there. So uh, have some fun and uh, hopefully make some money down there at WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans this year.
2: Well, uh, that is a, a date to put on the calendar, folks. And we will, of course, keep you up to date. As we draw closer and
3: closer to that, uh, it's hard when when we're together. It's harder to tell stories about each other, can't tell the biggest lies, (laughs) yeah, right.
2: And and what did you say that? Uh, what was the description that uh, Jake was hustler and you were what what is it that they described? Uh,
3: Jake was, yeah, we did the stand up in Nashville, yeah, a couple years ago. The the newspaper said Jake was hustler, Duggan was Disney,
2: (laughs) yeah, Disney. But, I mean, Jake, I know he's a tremendous storyteller. If you were on the WWE Uh Network and they have that story time, I mean, he tells great stories. But is that what he does? Or is he funny when he's on stage? Does he tell jokes?
3: He tells tells wrestling stories. But, Jake, you know, I mean, we're sitting there. We take, you know, people get group pictures with the two of us. And he gives everybody the bird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And every picture he's giving the guy the finger. I'm, like, slippery. You know, and and people would walk him by. He's like, ah, keep going, you know. And I'm like, hey, how you doing, buddy? How's it going today? Good to well, see you. Say, like, wrestling. that's
2: yeah, but that's your stick. That's his stick. So that's you know, you wouldn't stick, you wouldn't yeah. get away with it.
3: No, no, I can't believe he gets away with it sometimes. <laughs> he, he draws mustaches on the kids with those sharp. You know, I'm <laughs> like, so- God, <laughs> brother. You know that when the people get home, they're scraping their kids' face trying to get that, that Jake Roberts.
2: Yeah, the kids like, no,
3: no, going I'm to wear school. it
2: forever. that's that's great well i'm so glad that uh you know you two buds got back together again i know it it doesn't happen very often but i i imagine and that's like they say jim you know they talk about you know who your good friends are and they're the ones that you may not see them for years and the second you you sit next to each other you see each other and it's like it was yesterday and i imagine that's what it's like with you two
3: and i tell you sean you know and, and uh we went out and had dinner one night and you do can't help but reminisce about how many of yeah. good friends have passed and yeah, yeah you know what a toll it's taken on uh, on us you know personally uh physically and of course yeah. jake he's he's got two new hips a new knee i'm like uh, oh. jake i still come in the original packaging I, that's right i got all my own body parts got them still. all yeah i got a knee coming but i'm putting it off no, yep, that's fantastic,
2: uh, folks. I know we got off the track once again, but that's what we imagine been here that Sean on prime time with Hacksaw
3: Jim Duggan. I should Sean be probably Moore. the name off the tracks. Yeah, yeah. that's another. That's
2: another podcast. So no kidding. Yeah, a t-shirt uh,
3: will sell more. Yeah.
2: But uh, getting back on here again, though, um, we got a lot of feedback on last week's episode on the most infamous traffic stop in the history of professional wrestling. You know, I wasn't going to let us move on without mentioning it another time, right, Jim?
3: Yeah, I go, "Yeah, you like to give it to me more." Yeah, I yeah, got it. Buddy. Yeah, but I'm, I'm shit, telling you. Huh?
2: Yeah, yeah, but it was the kind of the real story, once and finally you got it all out there and we must have covered it well Jim because we didn't get a lot of questions afterwards. But I'll tell you what we did get is a lot of people that not only really enjoyed it but so many comments Jim of how much they appreciated, you know, how open you were and uh really just putting it all out there and with your candor on on the, you
3: well, know exactly that, what
2: happened that, that, and how it impacted you.
3: Yeah, it's, it's almost been therapy for me, Sean. I tell you, you know, people, you know, I held it in for years and wouldn't dare talk about it. And, you know, now that's it, not like people, it's a big, huge elephant in the room. People know about it. So, you know, once I started to, to realize that and just started sharing the whole story, it, I don't know if it made it easier, made it more acceptable, I guess, to me.
2: Yeah, but I hope that, our listeners will spread the word because, you know, this story has been out there for decades. And as you even mentioned, how much misinformation was out there. I you know, wasn't arrested for a drunk driving. Right. right. No, there wasn't a DUI. You were, you were uh, basically, uh, uh, I should say, cited for having an open container. Uh, back then, they really didn't do the breathalyzer, you didn't, weren't breathalyzed. you didn't do walk a line, so, you know, it was a great opportunity to really straighten out some of the information that had just been out there, and I as I was going to say to our listeners out there, if anybody wants to really know the whole story, uh, start to finish on that, tell them it's, uh, you know, episode 17 of Primetime with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Sean Mooney, uh, uh, Hacksaw and the Iron Sheik, and uh, that that's all you will really need to know because we covered, covered it all, and, uh, and it, but... It,
3: it, it. It didn't bother me at all, Sean. You dredging yeah. up probably the darkest part of my life <laughs> and career. No, not at all. Thanks, buddy. <laughs>
2: but uh, you're welcome for the therapy, and I know that I've helped
3: you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's There we go. If that's if a that's good wrestler way. Turn it around. Yeah, thanks for the therapy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know how to work. I know how to work this. Yeah, you've been in the business, brother. Yeah, yeah. you ain't kidding.
2: You never lose it, like uh, riding a bike. Yeah. But you fall down on it still, though.
3: Well, we're uh, talking okay. about the beginning of all this. Yes. Off the tracks.
2: Yeah. Well, as that's uh, but that's the best part. I love that part, and it's going to happen. You know what? I'm telling you right now. You're listening. It's going to happen. Probably several times uh, as we continue on today, as we get to our main event.
3: No, going uh, to again. Wrestler's honor. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Actually, more on there. What you call <laughs> <That's> me? <right. laughs>
2: Was that Rex Tillerson? No, we're not getting it involved. Still, wow. Oh, I didn't. I
3: didn't go there, and if
2: people know, who, uh, you don't get uh,
3: political, man. We said something about that's kneeling right. down, man. I got. Oh, much. no kidding. Okay, but that was that was just uh, a reference. Don't no kneel question. down during the
2: anthem. <laughs> 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 All right, that's another email. I mean, I'm not sorry. All right, okay. let, let's well, let's let's get on What are we to talk about anyway,
3: Moody. What oh, Whatever we were supposed to talk about. I got sure. an idea.
2: We're going to get to the main event now that uh, we've wanted to do for a while uh, with the with the podcast. there's a
3: ding ding ding. It was the main event, buddy. Give
2: oh yeah, that. I got my dwell here still. Oh, that was a bad. <laughs> there we go. Ah, the like main event. Bowl, we need Howard brother. Finkel. <laughs> yeah, that's like a candy
3: bowl with Hulk a bunch Hogan. of Hogan. That was pretty good, uh, Howard Finkel, wasn't it? Kinda? Yeah, Howard, yeah, Howard uh, did a hell of a job announcing him in the ring, huh? Uh,
2: he, yeah. to me, he is he, the he, one yeah. and only, uh, yeah. I know yeah. there's been other announcers and I love Justin Roberts. I'm good friends with him, but, yeah, uh,
3: Justin, he, a guy like him. Yeah. he wrote yeah. a nice book too.
2: Yes, he did. And it's out there. Uh, yeah. it, well, you I know, and so. it's an interesting take on, on the business uh, as we side off the tracks here again, but yeah, it, <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a, it's a good read. Um, but to me, uh, Howard was, was the announcer and I, I, worked very closely with him in the event center, but, um, onto the main event. Let's talk was, about Hogan. Yes. It was kind of the, the center, the focus of really that period of time that I was there for most of it, uh, was the phenomenon known as Hulkamania and, uh, God, how it affected, uh, not just the WWF, but the entire, uh, professional wrestling world. Uh, I mean, absolutely. There's no question about that.
3: Yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, you know, everybody's got an opinion about the best ever and anything, but in my book, uh, Hogan is the pinnacle of professional wrestling. That second uh, tier of, you know, maybe Ric Flair and the rock and guys like that. And the third tier of, uh, uh stone cold and uh, Jake and that group. But I tell you, I, I think Hogan is a uh, uh, head and shoulders, uh, the, the marquee guy of all of professional wrestling. I, he's the one that took it mainstream. I don't know, like him or hate the guy. I mean, uh, say your prayers, take your vitamins, Hogan's Hogan.
0: Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission,
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And uh, and you mentioned that. And to me, it's it's reminiscent of other professional sports where you have you know professional baseball players that uh, look at people that uh, really set the stage that uh, these guys stand on their shoulders today. And Hulk Hogan is definitely that guy to me in professional wrestling. And as you know, I, I, as always, I love to, I do the, the, my homework on this stuff. And I know there's a lot of information here. You may have already heard, but I like to set the stage, uh, to give you the, uh, the, the backstories and, uh, and all the uh, other information. And, uh, Terry Jean Belia was uh, born August 11th, 1953. And he's of course better known by his ring name, as we know him, Hulk Hogan. Uh, his, uh, Father was Pietro or Peter Balea, and uh, he was a, uh, a construction foreman. And his his mom uh, was a homemaker and dance teacher. His mom uh, Ruth, and uh, he grew up. They moved to, to Port Tampa, Florida. So you know he he obviously just loved Florida. He spent uh, his life really <laughs> living there, besides uh, traveling the world. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, Jim, but he was. Uh, said to be a pretty good baseball pitcher um i don't know how long he pitched and there's you know legend out there that he was actually scouted by professional teams but you could imagine that he, he you see him that he had to be a pretty good athlete back then but uh one of his biggest love of it was music and he, music yeah yeah. remember uh, playing the guitar and uh played the fretless uh bass and uh you know, growing up, played in a bunch of bands. Uh, started uh, formed and played in bands all over Tampa. And um, apparently, the 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 way it went is that he was playing in a in a, I believe a, a bar there called the Ruckus or a band called the Ruckus. And the Briscoe brothers saw him there. And here he was. You know, he's already six seven. <laughs> uh, he didn't weigh what he did uh, at his peak, but you could imagine they looked at him uh, and being from where they came from. Uh, Jack and Gerald Briscoe said, "Man, I I think that this guy might have something to him." And they approached him, and um, it took a while, but uh, soon after that, though, uh, once they did convince him that they got him in a gym and started having him train with uh, Hiro Matsuda. Do you did you ever hear that name? Oh yeah, uh, was, of course. Was a great a great uh, trainer of, uh, of many professional wrestlers,
3: down there in the uh, Tampa area, I yeah. believe. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and of course, yeah, you know, I didn't know that's how the how Hogan got into the business. I didn't know whether Briscoe's found him, but yeah, he is he's much bigger than folks think he is. You know, he said he's six seven, he's legit six seven, and uh, you know, he's one of the most recognizable people ever. I mean, I've walked through the airport with seen, and guys like that, and you know, people as they go by might know him, but when Hogan goes through the airport, it's like yeah. it's Hulk Hogan, yeah, it's they're, Hogan.
2: They're- yeah. And, uh, and not knows. just from that presence, there's just there's that aura of uh you know the way with uh you know who he is. That's, I remember one time I was at an airport in Atlanta and I saw Muhammad Ali, uh you're driving down you, I, I could just see somebody in a golf cart and all these people were just looking at him like, ah, you know, I mean going and I was like, What and it was Muhammad Ali. So I understand that when somebody is that famous, famous uh it they it's I mean, it it comes like it. with a wave, yeah.
3: Much more recognizable than Ali. Ali, you know, I mean is a good sized guy, but Hogan, you know, six seven with that handlebar mustache. He has a do rag on a lot of times on airplanes. I never seen it before. I've I've been with Hulkster, and I get along with the big guy. He gets more bad press than anybody I know, but I've known him from thirty plus years. He's he's wow. been a stand up guy the times I've known him. But uh, I've been on planes with him where they, you know, when they pull up to the gate, instead of him getting off and going down the jetway, they take him down. They put him in a car. And drive him to the other gate in a car uh, over across the uh, taxiways Far instead back? of even yeah. instead of even taking him through the airport on a golf cart. He causes so much trouble.
2: Wow! I yeah. always
3: joke. People are excited to see me. they like, "Hey, there's actually, hey, hey, and the Hulkster's behind me. They pie face me. <laughs> Get out of the way! Dr. Get out, out of the way! <laughs> Get the hell out of the way! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, he actually he actually started wrestling in in uh, in 1977, and with a group. This was, I think, that the Briscoe brothers were connected to Championship Wrestling from Florida, CWF. I don't know if you ever heard of that organization, uh, oh, Joe, that was, But for me, yeah, yeah. And um, now a lot of people know that that uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is a is a close friend of of Hulk Hogan's. But I don't know if people realize just how close and how long they had known each other because that right when he had started wrestling they had already they were already friends and Ed Leslie who's we know as Brutus Beefcake uh he came to Coco Beach where uh Hogan was uh, running a gym there uh, I guess with the uh, uh, there and he teamed up with them and they started you know uh I'm going to just call him Brutus. I'm not going to call him uh, Ed Leslie. So it's, you know, Brutus was already working out and had a pretty good build. And that's what got uh, apparently Hogan uh, getting the hulkster going. And, and uh, they started to team up and became a tag team. And they called themselves the Boulder Brothers. <laughs> wow. Oh, <that's laughs> yeah. Sad. So yeah. it was Terry and Ed Boulder were the names that they went by. And uh, they went to Alabama where um, they. Uh, started really to get some uh, notice and uh, not long after that's when the NWA took notice of them with uh, Jarrett, you know, Jerry Jarrett saw them and offered them, I believe like $800 a week to come and work for them. And I don't think they were making much at all at the, before that. So uh, I I imagine that was a pretty big jump, but uh, I never knew that that's where he really started in the ring and that he was already with, with Brutus beefcake. I, I knew that, you know, we, remember early on that, uh, Brutus was around, uh, just kind of hanging out with him before he really got into the WWF. Did, uh, uh, did you know that they, those two go that far back, Jim?
3: I had heard that they were friends before they got into wrestling, but I didn't know the whole story at all. And, you know, Hogan got a lot of heat over the years for taking care of be you know, uh, yeah. everybody was said, you know, he was yeah. none know. of that goes on in wrestling at all. Does it? <laughs> well, you know, I look at it the other way. I said, I, I wish I was in a position where I could help my good friend, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, well it's yeah, cool and I'm sure along Logan...
2: the way, you did, when you could, you you well,
3: help people. The, uh, the, the little PR, are you kidding? I give the guy a good word. He's just like a death knoll. <laughs> Duggan <laughs> likes him? Forget it. <laughs> He's out of here. Yeah. But, but that's uh, kind of yeah, how
2: it works, do. though. I mean, a lot of it, like you've mentioned on many occasions during these uh, podcasts about how, you know, someone would tell you and they would, uh, there's, you ought to come down to this territory and they, they would put in a word for you. And that's how you right. got in in some
3: cases, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, it just works. Yeah. But uh, Hogan took it to a different level. I mean, oh, yeah. Like Ma- you know, Macho did with Lanny down in WCW. I mean, they had so much clout, they could kind of bring somebody else in and keep them on the card and keep them. And Beefer was a good talent on his own. I mean, uh, that that was a great gimmick, you know. Brutus the Barber, Beefcake cutting the people's hair, strutting and cutting, and plus he looked the gimmick. He was, he was in great shape. And of course, he was with Hogan when he had the horrible uh, parasail accident down there that almost yeah, killed people. Yeah,
2: we'll talk about that. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. Uh, but going back to here, are these beginnings that um, you know they were with. Uh, uh, this this group and um, Hogan got in touch with uh, superstar Billy Graham, which you could you can see similarities. And, you know, that uh, Jesse was obviously a big fan of of uh, Billy Graham. But uh, I didn't realize that 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 uh, that Hulkster had a connection to superstar Billy Graham and he uh was able to you know get him really started back then and you know he probably picked up a few things not just for wrestling wise but uh you know strutting and cutting with that uh right. from,
3: from a superstar, the superstar, i mean yeah he, he he was doing the gimmick before hulkster really you know he had the body and the whole the posing and stuff and yeah. you know, the, 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 the longer trunks and everything and i think uh yeah I could see that to get along you know, it was a, a comparing with Hogan and, and Superstar.
2: Yeah. Well, in, uh, in May of 79, um, uh, Hulk had an early shot with the NWA, uh, world heavyweight championship that he brought in because Jarrett had noticed uh, him and, uh, actually, you know, went up against Harley race and won his first, uh, professional wrestling championship, uh, the NWA Southeastern heavyweight championship. um, I you know I I always wonder with some of these people who, what people saw in the beginning. To me, that's fascinating. That you know, because you see uh, story, you hear stories about you know Steve Austin, and you know the WCW actually fired the guy. Basically, you know, uh, and I always I always think I beat the fascinated. hair off his
3: head, but that's another.
2: That's true, word. and we know who who's responsible for that. Uh, he anyway, should, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> he should thank you, but. Uh, but I, I, I wonder back then, did, did they really see at this point, you know, that this guy is going to be something? I mean, not only just the presence that he had, but I would have loved to. Uh, and I know that you, uh, when he did get to uh, the WWF, or it might have even been the WWWF then, WF, yeah. that you did uh, some enhancement matches. And I know there's one, somebody sent us one. I don't know if you saw it, Jim, but it was one, I think it was at the Garden with you and,
3: and uh, Hulk Hogan. Oh, really? I don't, I didn't yeah, see it. it yeah, was a I got to send that gym. link to you. Yeah. yeah, it was a big Jim Duggan. Right, and he had short the big, hair uh, uh, yeah,
2: Terry had the big robe, uh, the big, you know, the floor-length gold robe.
3: Wow, man, I would like to see that. Yeah, I know, Yeah, they you know, obviously, I was a young guy learning the business, and they jobbed me out up there at the WWWF, you know, Hogan, uh, Patera, Slaughter, uh, Angelo, Mosca, that was, but that was my deal, to go up there and do jobs. and. You know, doing jobs for Hulk Hogan, Uh, obviously he didn't have the stature, uh, you know, that uh, he had now or had since. You know, Bruno was still around and Zabisco, there was other big stars there. But you could definitely tell uh, Hogan was on the fast track and they gave him the ball and he was carrying it too. It's not like some people, we hear Roman Reigns name a lot that they're trying to push too hard. You know, they were trying to push Hogan, he took the ball and ran with it.
2: Well, and you know, I want to uh, talk about that. But do you remember? And this had to be probably uh, seventy nine, eighty. Jim, do you, do you think that when that match took place, because he was yeah. there, and then uh, then he was off to Japan. But uh, you said that you you mentioned uh, that you saw that this guy was going to be something because you know you watched the match and it was, uh, you know, as far as I'm not saying it was a bad match in any sense, but I'm saying that you didn't have that. Uh, he wasn't doing the you know, going around and citing the crowd. He hadn't really uh, found that, uh, that, uh, that ability to uh, have the crowd react to him. But you saw something. Would you say that? I mean, that when you were,
3: well, I, I of, was still trying thing? to find myself. You think you didn't have the crowd doing nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I sure as hell didn't have him doing anything at all, but saying boo. Uh, I mean, yeah, that in the beginning, but, but still, I mean, not only his stature, cause you know, he's such a big guy and, uh, And a bunch of big men he stands on, but also his ring, his ring presence. I mean, you can just kind of tell that the the guy wasn't going to be a flash in the pan. He was going to be around for a while.
2: Yeah. And, um, this is another thing when you see, like, you know, how they develop characters. And this is when, uh, you know, Vince senior was still running the company. And he was obviously, you know, he'd been around, and he definitely saw something in um, Hulk Hogan, or who was Terry Balea, uh, as everyone knew him at that point, or one of the Boulder Brothers. <laughs> I don't know, but um, he wanted him to use an Irish name, uh, and instead of Balea, he had him uh, use the word Hogan. He had the, the name Hogan. So I, I, I wasn't aware of that either. I didn't know that that uh, that it was Vince Senior who. Came that's up with that and wanted that him either. to dye his hair red. Apparently, uh, yeah. but, but I
3: don't you know, think. Well,
2: I think it, yeah, that least, just
3: didn't seem. At to least work. the ends of his hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, there. <laughs> even then, right? But you know, to see this as an educational show too, I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize that neither. I didn't know uh, that's where he beca- got got the Hogan gimmick. Yeah, that's well, you
2: know, you always have to question
3: what you find on uh,
2: Wikipedia and these places. So I always. Ah, uh, check a bunch of
3: sites just to. Well, I would you know, say uh, if yeah. Mooney says it, uh, something about it, wrestling, I'd go ahead and bank. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am the historian. Yes, uh, exactly. So, but it's a great story anyway. And uh, you know, he says he'll be blonde Irish. I don't know. Uh, you know, being Irish, I haven't seen too many of us that are.
1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW, void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Uh,
2: but uh, at that time, uh, Bob Backlund was was the big guy, right. and um, I, you know that's that's uh, considering where I when I came in. Uh, that is amazing to me. That and not and please, I'm not saying that he. Wasn't uh, you know the superstar that he was, whatever. But it, it just shows you the level that Hulk Hogan would take that type of ring presence and become that kind of person, you know, personality in the world of professional wrestling. When you look back at there, and and Backlund was huge. He was, and he didn't want to lose the the title to uh, to Terry. Um, so uh, they, when when uh, we'll get into that more about you know, how many guys
3: are excited about losing the title. Yeah, well, buddy, right? No, no, exactly. I wouldn't know. I never had to drop a title. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay.
2: You did uh, did pretty well. You did pretty damn well, Duggan. Uh, But um, he wrestled uh, Bob Backlund for the WWF uh, Heavyweight Championship. It was heavyweight then. And uh, I also started a, a feud back with Andre the Giant. So they had you know, it certainly <laughs> didn't get to the, uh, the, the heights that it did later, but that's, you know, fascinating that they, because Andre, we know was, uh, a very loyal to the McMahons. This was prior to Vince K. This was, uh, you know, uh, this was, uh, even beyond that. And that's why, um, uh, Vince took such great care of Andre the Giant because he was incredibly loyal to, loyal to, to Vince Sr. And, um, so it, it, that was kind of a short run. That was a 79 to 1980. Now, Jim, when I was in Connecticut, and um, I don't know how familiar or how close you got to uh, Freddie Blassie, but when I started working for the WWF in uh, 88, uh, you know, Freddie was really no longer uh, doing, no, certainly no longer in the ring, and he would do occasional manager stuff here and there, but really he became an ambassador for the WWF. And he lived in, uh, in Scarsdale, uh, which in New York, which was close to Connecticut. And so, and he was, uh, you know, around for events and, and I lived in Connecticut. So I would go and do a lot of these charity events and, and Freddie would do a bunch too. And I got to know him really well. We, uh, he became a really, very close friend of mine. And, you know, every Christmas he would dress up as Santa and they'd put him in a helicopter <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they they would fly him and and he would do go down to the pier in New York and give all these toys away to kids. But he is just was a fascinating man. I, uh, I I don't know. Did you ever get to spend any time with Freddie? And we, I know we're going off the rails here, folks, but I'll bring you back on and I'll tell you why. But did you get (laughs) to spend any time with, with the classy Freddie Blassie?
3: Not a whole lot, uh, Sean, but you know, when I was going through my, uh, kidney cancer, uh, Freddie called me out of the blue. Like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with him, but he yeah. had had kidney trouble over the years and yeah. he yeah. called and gave me some words of encouragement. So that's something I always remember. Of course, Freddie it was Freddie Blassie and, you know, for him to make a call like that was, uh, meant a lot to me.
2: Yeah. And, and just an incredible legend. I, I don't if, uh, you folks out there were ever at a show or, uh, got a chance to meet him. Uh, I really hope you got to spend a little time with it. Just a a really great person. And, um, we used to go to all these charity events together and Freddie, uh, because of the result of his years of pounding and what, and the bumps he took, I think pretty much every bone and every connected part of his body, every joint was fused. I mean, he really had a tough time moving around and he used to sleep in a lazy boy chair. He couldn't lay down in a bed after, uh. And he was married to uh, Miyako, and she—he he met her in Japan, and that's—and she was a very, very traditional uh, wife. And anyway, we used to go to these events, and Freddie just love because I was not used to his behavior. And he would do things like we play in a golf tournament, and he would never get out of the cart and swing a club. He would just ride in the cart and just give everybody grief, anybody, and throw <laughs> yeah. things at them, and you know, and and so you know, at these golf tournaments, they put. Uh, you know, longest drive and closest to the hole. And he would right. go up there and he would write my name on all the, you remember, they put in <laughs> been to these tournaments, they would, you know, uh, right. you, it was an honor system. Here, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was an honor system. And, uh, you were supposed to put your name if you had the longest drive and he would right, write my yeah. name on all these. So they'd go up to the end, you know, where they give out the gifts and they'd be like, okay, longest drive. Sean Mooney. Hey, all right. With the W I'm like, what, what? And they go, yeah, here's a golf bag. So I get, you know, and then it'd be like closest to the hole, Sean Mooney. And like, <laughs> like Freddie, jeez, <laughs> And I would, you know, I have to, I'd be giving it back. I'm like, what the heck? Anyway. So, uh, I'm sorry. I got off the tracks, but I Freddie was just so much fun. And, and people saw him as, you know, such a heel. And he is a, he's a podcast on his own. One day I, I, I I definitely got to do one with uh, on the life of Freddie Blassie. But the reason I wanted to talk about Freddie is because at this point in Hulk's career, um, he was, you know, they were bringing him along, but he did not have nothing. You know, there's nothing near what he would become in his presence in the ring. And he went to Japan and, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard the stories how, you know, over there he was they called him Ichiban, which was which means number one. And, but anyway, Freddie would tell me these stories cause Freddie went over on a couple of these tours with him cause they wanted to, you know, Freddie would talk and do the whole thing. And Freddie had wrestled over there for years and they were scared to death of him, the Japanese people. And, uh, he would, you know, file his teeth and they just could, couldn't get enough of them. Well, you imagine when they brought this six foot seven behemoth Hulk Hogan there. But uh, as I said, he was nowhere near uh, become the person, you know, as far as being able to work a crowd. And that was Freddie's job to teach him this. And this was kind of a playground for him to learn how to to do this with people. I think he learned a great deal over there. One of the stories that Freddie told me, he said they went to a, you know, they were at the uh, one of these arenas and he did a match or whatever. And uh, Freddie tells him, you know, go, you know, because he was a heel and they, they had him uh, as a heel over there. And so you got to go over and you threaten the crowd. He goes, grab a chair. And he said, you know, so he says. <laughs> Terry grabs a chair and throws it into the crowd, and like takes out <laughs> two guys with the chair. And Freddie's like, "I said grab the chair. I didn't say throw it at him." <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he said they would walk into, you know, Freddie would walk into malls, and he would start riots because people they would do these appearances, and uh, they they would he would start a riot because he'd you know go scream at him and run to him or something and. But, he, but the reason that I'm telling this is that Freddie uh, was, uh, played a big role in that, in, in uh, helping him come along and, and start to realize what it was like to have these crowds around and how to, how to work them. And, uh, you know, he spent, he would come back and do shows here. But, um, you know, this was, he spent a lot of time over there. And uh, it was where he really started to develop.
3: And that's when they, yeah, they, a lot of guys. Yeah. Lo, like Japan, uh, myself personally, I, I've been there probably six or eight times in five weeks for my longest trip, but I wasn't particularly fond of, uh, long tours of Japan guys like, uh, Hogan, Stan Hansen, uh, Road Warriors, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy. A lot of guys made a career out of Japan. And of course, it it was great. (laughs) Like I said, you could scare the devil out of those people. I'm sure Hogan is 6'7. Especially throwing chairs into the crowd. <laughs> I oh, I that's could. Tell that, I, I that's, a, sure. that's what we call cheap heat in the business. <laughs> Hit the fans with chairs; you might get a little heat. brother. <laughs> <That's laughs> right.
2: But Jim, really, I could tell you some stories with Freddie. I mean, I, I mean, just you—you'd you, be on the floor. That he, oh my God, that guy knew how to work, work a crowd, and he would oh, say that's anything where
3: they to get anybody him to go over there with Freddie. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that. I don't know, now, Hulkster, but now but, you know, but Hulk you ever Freddie
2: any credit. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I never really heard. I, I, but I know that, uh, you know, and this is all coming from Freddie. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> but, know, and I, oh. yeah. The Hulkster and I were not, it wasn't, uh, you know, we weren't calling each other every night. So, uh, but, uh, I, I, I have to tell you, I just loved hearing the stories and you mentioned, you bring it up, uh, being over there in Japan, uh, you know, you could say you could scare the devil out of these people, but, um, where they? Uh, people have talked about how they don't react in, in the crowd. Like it would seem like a dead house. I,
3: I, what were the crowds like over there?
2: Well, because they they're, they're so, they, such a reserved people. I, I,
3: reserved. Well, especially, you know, me, I go over there, I stomp around the ring. I got my two by four. I got my flag. I stomp around. Ah, I get over there. I go to the ropes. I look at everybody. Give a big, Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they just look at me. Instead, we try the other side. It's even better. you know. You do a good move, they clap politely. I mean, it was a uh, you know a, a different type of atmosphere over there. That's for sure. They were a reserve crowd and guys. I mean, people like Brody, he'd be swinging that chain. He'd wade into the crowd. <laughs> I mean, they'd be would be like a riot of people just stampede, yeah. just trying to get away from him. You know? Yeah,
2: but they loved it.
3: Uh I loved I, I, it. And know, oh, Stan Hansen would be glaring at people, you know. It'd be nothing but a lawsuit in America. The Japanese are like, hey.
2: <laughs> Lawyers waiting outside the building. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, right. Dewey Dickham, and Howe. Yes, uh, I'm with, yeah, I'm with I'm with Dewey Dickham, and Howe. Here you go. There's my card. Just make sure <laughs> you,
3: right. But you never want to clothesline any of the guys missing fingers over there, you know. So. <laughs> No. That's that's a sign of the mob. You know, they messed yeah, up with yeah. the mob. They chop off their fingers. You'll see a lot of fingerless cats at the show. <laughs> Wrestling yeah. fan, no thumbs up.
2: Yeah. yeah, we're going out. Nope. That's it's okay. Good. <laughs> Did he flip you me? Did he just flip me off? No, he can't. It's yeah. just it's... <laughs> all right. So so anyway, uh but but I have to imagine it's it's a pretty good uh stage
3: it's it, for a, a oh it's great i mean to yeah, the tokyo know. dome and you know 60 70 thousand people jammed wow. into tokyo. Yeah. I mean, but of course also you do this you know japan is a much bigger country than folks think and they're all different islands and yeah. it's plane trains and automobiles and ferries i mean you have to take all kinds of modes of transportation from one island to another sometimes you're on these big ocean going ferries for 10 hours, you know, waves are coming. It's, uh, and, and you're, you know, you're glad to see a McDonald's when you're in a small town. You're like, thank God a McDonald's. Give me the <laughs> seven Big Macs. <laughs> yeah. No, you get the McSquid. It's delicious.
2: Yeah. But I think that, uh, I, that Terry really, uh, enjoyed being over there. Uh, and he yeah, was, he was loved huge. It. And I think, <laughs> you know, I even thought that he, I, 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 Uh, you know, uh, that he had met somebody there or something and had, you know, but really had given thought to maybe staying over there and and making a career over there. And yeah. So uh, obviously it was, uh, and I, I I would think lucrative.
3: I think we talked about that before the guys that do make careers over there. Uh, you know, Brody, Stan Hansen, uh, Dr. Destiny. It's hard to get booked over here after you spend most of your time in Japan. Because people aren't, don't see you over here. They don't get exposed to you over here, and uh, so it's when you come back, you know, even just trying to get back under with the company or back doing indie indie shows, you know, you're a big star in Japan, but uh, people don't know you over here.
2: Wow, and that that's interesting. It's kind of like baseball. You know, baseball players would go over and play in Japan and try and come back, and uh, yeah,
3: get in the yeah. bigs here. Uh, that that's really. But they they paid well in Japan. I mean, there was you know they, they uh, that was the deal. They pay you very good, but boy, and they it put so cool. you up right, didn't they? Didn't they bill it you? They oh yeah, you stayed <laughs> nice, like Keo Plaza Hotel. I mean, in downtown Tokyo, and it, it was kind of you know New Japan, all Japan with two main companies back there, and Antonio Inoki and Giant Baba were the bosses. And it wasn't the WWF type level, but still there'd be people at all the hotels and we traveled travel by buses most of the time. And they had the buses all painted up, New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, you know, the fans would always follow the buses and stuff. Wow. And, uh, you know, they had, it was a nice way to travel. They had all the different kinds of beer and stuff on the bus and they had movies and you know VCRs and stuff. So a lot of guys enjoyed it, but uh, it, it just wasn't for me.
2: Yeah, but I was
3: just not to make a career out of it.
2: Yeah. And I was going to, yeah, I wanted to bring that up that, um, how would you compare that to, uh, when the WWF started getting to that level? And I know it's a foreign country. There's probably, you know, there's drawbacks between just the culture and the language, but was it on that, that same level as far as, uh, being so popular with the people?
3: There. it was very it that popular. big sumo wrestling is your number one sport uh over there and of course, that's yeah. totally different than us but you know wrestling's a strong number two and uh so uh but yeah nothing was like the wwe when we first started going overseas to like europe i mean it was you know not beatlemania but it was close there was hundreds of people at the airport and at the hotel and wow. motorcycle escorts for the buses and you know, just uh, a lot of security at the hotel. Because uh, I think of the buildup of the WWF finally coming to Europe was so, because that was totally new for them. And I, I, I'm i sure the reception is, is good. Even when I was with WWE, the reception was great over in uh, the UK and the rest of Europe. Did but, they uh, did they have
2: the same, uh, ever- was television as big? I mean, they did the same type things that they did here in America.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I know, I, I did one of the, t- the morning talk shows over there in England, and before the show, you know, I'm sitting back in the green room, busy with the folks and talking nice, you know, and we get on the set, and they're like, the camera comes on, I give them hacks, so I kick over the table and knock over the chair. <laughs> <laughs> they're standing back looking at me like, where the hell this guy come from? You
2: know? Did you throw a chair?
3: Oh, yeah, well, you're going to be a wrestler, be a wrestler, Moody. That's right, throw be- a chair. Oh, Give them what they want, so I, I give them hacksaw man. You know, standing there yelling and screaming, and people are scattering because a lot of folks don't, you know, they especially media people, as you know, you interview all kinds of folks. Sometimes you you don't you run across folks that have no clue about wrestling. Yeah, you know, and they, they interview music people or whatever, so they're they're a little surprised when you give them the character. <laughs> when you wreck the set. Yeah, <laughs> In other words, they're gonna change their painting.
2: You know? <laughs> and then as soon as you're gone they're like make sure you book him yeah, again and
3: like, when you get done you the it. camera goes off that red light she goes off he goes, hey thanks very much appreciate the show yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah how's the family okay here <laughs> we'll do coffee yeah
1: <laughs> that's really funny okay round two name something that's not boring
0: a Laundry ooh a book club computer Solitaire huh
1: Oh Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. by law. 18+ terms conditions apply. website for details. With the Lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Uh, but it is it's true, and I can understand why, uh, and you could imagine that, that that was probably the first taste that uh, Terry Bolea had at uh, that massive fame uh, and the effect he had on human beings when he was over there, because I don't think they call everybody Ichiban. There's only one, Jim. Only one Ichiban. <laughs>
3: Well, Hogan's Hogan. I've, I've and then and I'm sure we're going to cover that later on in the show, yeah. which we just stay on the tracks a little bit yes. about him not as, still being as a we Hall of Fame. as we get back Hogan's on.
2: Story. But but the uh, as we get back on here with this, uh, but the way that this was able to happen, and it's like territories where you trade a uh, talent. They did the same thing. Uh, WWWF or WWF had an agreement with uh, NJPW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, to exchange talent. Right, um, right. Is that isn't that the way it worked? I don't know. Well, I don't that, remember them bringing much, a lot of people yeah. over
3: here. Because that's that. That's what I was saying when I was first broken. I was overworking for my V and Hawaii is the convict. Right. That's yeah. when I got to wrestle with the Samoans and Andre because they would be coming back from Japan and would stop and do a show for Peter and I'd get the chance to get beat up by him.
2: <laughs> so, so did they? Um, was it also a place to develop? You know, you'd send them out of the United States and let them uh, cut their teeth. Yeah, I think, really yeah. it, it just
3: easy. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, the more places you go, the more different kinds of folks you're in front of, the better, you know, better it is for you. So, yeah, going to uh, another country. and, and Plus, it's a, th- a thrill for, I remember my first trip to, yeah, obviously, your first trip to Japan. I was a young guy still doing the... Uh, That's where I started wearing the fur. I was doing the Wild Man Duggan thing, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was huge. Flying to Japan, man, a foreign country like that—that was extremely exciting for for a young guy.
2: So, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Terry ends back up in the in the United States, and he's still with the WWF. And this is about the time that he got the offer, this was nine eighty one, where he got the offer for the Rocky III appearance as Thunderlips. And a lot of people say, Oh, I don't it wasn't that early. Well, the movie came out later, but uh uh Hulk Hogan and Terry mentions it, that, that no, they the shot that scene. Rocky, wasn't it? Wasn't that the original? No, it was Rocky it was it was Rocky 3 that okay,
3: he'll take your word for it, Mooney. Yeah.
2: Oh, well, remember the first one was just Adrian. You know, it was uh, that was that. Yeah, show. you're
3: right. Yeah, you got me, buddy. You're so, right.
2: um, anyway, uh, apparently, Mooney, <laughs> Vince Senior uh, wasn't happy with him doing this. Oh, no, which it is, doesn't
3: especially uh, the, the Why? The, yeah, the, why not? Senior didn't like the guys making the move to Hollywood. As even Vince Junior didn't really at first like the guys starting to do the Hollywood deal because. Thought they're going to lose their talent, you know. I mean, I'm sure Vince was just rocked and turned into a movie star and was still wrestling, you know. Yeah, but don't you think
2: that that's enhanced? I mean, what these uh, I I think think that enhances them, but that
3: cuts down on the amount of time they're going to come on the show. You know, obviously, The Rock ain't going to show up for many uh, shows in Minot, North Dakota, you know. (laughs) so you, yeah, you want to, I think then that's always been part of the deal of whether the pay is a little bit low because they want to keep the guys, you know, dependent on the company. You know, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's one of the trains of thought. Yeah. So
2: uh, but back then, back Uh, then though, and I'm sure that you had other opportunities. There were times when you were asked to do things. Was that really frowned on to go? Um, and do something that was, say, television related. You know, guest guest uh, appearance on a a TV yeah. show or a movie. They they frowned on that.
3: Uh, I nobody ever came at the check to check me to do a movie uh, without going through WWE. Anything like I did that yeah. during the Hendersons TV show, a bunch of like Nickelodeon stuff, uh, other special appearances. But that was always gone through the company. They, they really frowned on guys getting their own agent and, and doing their own deal. Where nowadays, the young kids is a whole big contingent of guys that live out in California that are looking for that movie break, uh, that are yeah. doing the Batista deal, where it's, this is just a stepping stone on the movies. I think Batista was kind of like the ultimate warrior, where he didn't really love the business, but it was mm-hmm. just a vehicle him, for him to move on.
2: Yeah, and he's he's done pretty well. He did a great <laughs> job. Yeah, he's got that. a nice franchise going. Uh, but getting back on the tracks once again, um, this, for whatever <laughs> happened the there, yeah. <laughs> whatever happened there with uh, Vince Sr., or uh, there was a parting of the ways that uh, Terry ended up in the AWA. Uh, where he started as a villain, and apparently Luscious Johnny Valiant was his manager. Uh, that's kind of amazing, but it, that didn't last long. I mean, because I, I think it was early on people realized this guy wasn't really uh, meant to be a heel, uh, and was over. And they had to, you know, they had to turn him. I think he it wasn't. Yeah, I don't think there was much
3: the, choice. That's again what we were talking about, where they didn't force him. The people turned them right. You know? Yeah, they didn't yeah. turn them babyface. The fans turned them babyface. It's like trying to push somebody too hard. If it's not there, it's not there. You know, Hogan's not going to be a heel. Hacksaw, I'm not going to be a heel. No matter yeah. how hard you try, it's it's uh, and the fans. That's what they wanted, and give them what they want. You know, don't fight city hall.
2: Yeah, and and so uh, there was that was really the beginning where it really he started to the you know the the appearance in the movie. Uh, was really uh, got him a lot of attention, and I uh, I don't know if that's when Vince Jr. Uh, you know saw him, but he he had his eyes on uh, who would become we know Hulk Hogan uh, the Hulkster uh, early on, and and when he took over. The company in 1982 now you i don't know if you remember steve taylor you remember steve taylor he, he did a yes, lot of things yes. with the wwf he started yeah, out he as, a really as a photographer
3: right right yeah
2: yeah but he ended up becoming part of the management team there but when i was there he was uh the photographer he took all of our pictures right and uh-huh. came to all the uh, you know did a lot of things great guy and um i remember him telling the story when all this was going on that uh, somehow he ended up at uh, one of these events and was like a slipping a note to, uh, you know, Terry with, from Vince. Basically it was like this under, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? A, a, a undercover That's mission. Right. Right, yeah, yeah. To, to content. It wasn't like we had the cell phones then or anything like that. But I remember, I thought that was so intriguing. You know, there was like these clandestine, you know, uh, right. <laughs> things going on, uh, but one way or the other it worked. And considered uh, stealing
3: after. talent, right? That'd be stealing talent, right? Yep. You, you go no. and ask him. Yeah. You know, uh, well whoever. obviously though. No. I mean, business is business and McMahon saw, you know, that if you want to marquee talent, I, I think Hulk Hogan would be your guy just looking yeah. through the roster.
2: And I don't I don't know if any if people really know that this was his a return to the WWF. Uh, after uh, working for Vince Senior um, and going and stepping into the ring with uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who wasn't Hacksaw at the time, uh, <laughs> Big Jim Duggan, but uh, I don't know. You know, I, uh, I I really didn't know about that part either. That uh, that he had spent the time and then left. But uh, this yeah, was really the I,
3: beginning in eighty in eighty two. Yeah, I didn't know that was the for, reason he left. Was the the movie? But I knew he was with Ganya there for a while. And get a little more seasoning, too. I mean, uh, you know, that's the deal. The WWWF is the big stage. So it's good to to have a little ring time under your belt before you get up there.
2: Yeah, and you talk about a fast track here, Jim. Um, He made his debut on television in St. Louis on December 27th, defeating Bill Dixon on January 23rd. (laughs) That's even a month later. Hogan won his first WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, pinning the Iron Sheik, and guess who was in the Sheik's corner? Freddie Blassie. I... Oh, oh okay. Freddie Blassie, Yeah, when well, the man who taught him how to throw a chair. And uh, <laughs> you know, the, I think they wanted to move things along here. You think?
3: Yeah. No <laughs> here goes kid. Well, the T-shirt. You I think, mean, Mooney? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, that the, they could see it. I think. I think. Hogan came in, and, and he was a guy. He was just, you know, stealing the show. No matter what match he was on, if he was the third match of the, the of the show. People were talking about that third match. Yes, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they just were, were going along with the folks and make him main event, make him world champion, make him the marquee guy for the WWF.
2: Yeah. Well, I want to take you back Dowd, Jim. And I know you were down south when this was all happening, but what were you hearing? And it wasn't like we had... You know the internet we have now or people on their cell phones or anything like that but it was starting to happen and we're talking this is 83 what were you hearing about uh hulk hogan and what was happening in the wwf at the time
3: well you know uh, we knew who he was but it, like you said it wasn't like nowadays where you know everything that's going on i mean you know in the those pro wrestling illustrated those magazines we knew they were all full of bs i mean They'd have interviews of me on there that I've never talked to nobody. They'd just yeah. make up the the whole complete interview, so you didn't really know what was what. But you knew the, who the Hulkster was, and uh yeah, you know, I didn't realize, you know, what a power he was. I I, th- I think I told you the story before when I came up from Mid South, and I was, you know, I was a pretty strong talent there in Mid South, doing Superdome shows and stuff. And I did. Uh, I don't remember exactly Indianapolis, Indiana, the old Market Square Arena that they've tore down. And mm-hmm. I went out there, man, and I had that place rocking, man. That place was cooking with gas. We were whole in USA, and I came back through the curtain. I had a big grin on my face. I was like, "Yeah, that's what it's all about, brother." Yeah, yeah, yeah. H- and Hogan then. went out there, and boom. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a little different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just a the, whole different kind of reaction. I mean, Hogan is Hogan, and uh, I mean, he is a, a, a superstar.
2: Yeah, but but you knew you were aware that that something was happening up up north with the WWF, and and this is at the we're. time also, folks, where you know uh, Vince was on his mission uh, as, and we've told the story with his vision of syndication and at this point in time territories meant nothing to vince jr i mean to vince mcmahon this was uh you know the country first of all
3: yep. was was and he, his territory. I mean, he he i guess supposedly he mortgaged a lot of stuff and he yeah. put his, his life on the line financially to uh to take this thing to, as big as it was i mean he, i think he saw the potential of wrestling globally Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, and he took it that way. That's why it was uh, the WWF, you know, not Mid-South, not the Georgia Championship. It was world wrestling.
2: Right. And he saw the, the way that, that he could could spread his product was by uh, syndication. At the time, yeah. you know, we're talking stations. They didn't go through networks. There were a lot of independent stations. And, of course, stations had part of the day where they could sell time on their station. And when Vince McMahon first did this, he was paying them to put his product on the air. And his goal was to get to a hundred stations. And he felt at that point that would turn the tide. And uh, we've talked about it, that uh, he came short a few times and then he had people step in and back him, but he got there and it worked and it started happening. Uh, At the same time, you've got Hulk Hogan doing what he was doing in the ring. He was doing his part. He was creating Hulkamania, and this was now, wasn't just the territory. This wasn't the uh, northeastern part of the United States anymore. This is where, it's going all over the country. So uh, that is going on, and then, uh, and I was living in New York City at the time, um, and I remember all this. This is when MTV was really starting to explode, and the brilliance of hooking up with, you know, uh, uh, the rock and wrestling connection on MTV. I remember and Hogan playing the guitar.
3: It fit yeah, right in. Yeah.
2: So it was, it everybody was,
3: else on that cover of that album was BS. Hogan's one of the few guys that really could play an instrument. Yeah, exactly.
2: And yeah, he no, they yeah, had yeah, what, he could,
3: the night heart on the trumpet or something. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the trumpet.
2: <laughs> hey, hold this and act like you're playing it. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I don't know if it was the brilliance of marketing. They sit down and and say, "We do this, we do this, we do that," or it just came together as this beautiful storm, because it was just swelling. And I remember the buzz in New York City about this with MTV and the Rock and Wrestling, and when Vince mortgaged the house for WrestleMania one. And you remember you telling the story about how all these other. Uh, territories, the guy's head in those territories going going, Yeah, yeah, he's gonna put on a big show
3: and he's done. Pop his rod, right? that's it. One yeah. one and done. They'll never follow it.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh on March thirty first, nineteen eighty five, Madison Square Garden. Uh you know, attendance was 19,121, right? <laughs> but man, it was seen by over a million viewers at the time through closed circuit television.
3: Old circuit. I had to go to this right. uh, like the you had to go to a movie theater. theater. Yeah, to see it. And but, there was the a writing uh, was on the wall. You know, what a emotional roller coaster that must have been for McMahon. Like you said, though, trying to get the hundred TV stations and having all his money mortgaged out, laying it all on the line, and mm-hmm. wondering what's going to and have so much dependent on a, a group of guys that aren't the most uh, dependable guys in the world. Uh, but it obviously worked out for him
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Uh, You know, I'll tell you, Jim, and I have no, I I have never had this conversation with Vince McMahon, but I bet if you asked him what was the best time, the most fun he had, the the most, uh, you know, uh, uh, invigorated, uh, he would probably say that period of time.
3: He yeah, saw well, that sure. That's what he was building
2: it. I mean, and, that, and put so much online. I mean, he could have lost everything.
3: Everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's got to be to be able to sit back and look and go, wow. And then and the guy's a workaholic too. Like I, I said, you know, he's one of to to this day. You know, he's one of the first guys at the building. He's one of the last guys yeah. to leave. You think he cannot work? And one of the, <laughs> go down there and buy one of the Cayman Islands or something, you know, yeah. and just live down there. But the guy. uh, he loves his work, and I, I think he'll be doing it to the end.
2: Yeah, and uh, and we uh, we all remember vividly uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T uh, against the
3: Orndorff and and Roddy Roddy Piper. Piper, Piper, yeah. God bless him. Yeah, Mr. T. I mean, Cindy Lauper. Yeah, it was great, Captain Lou. Oh man,
2: oh yeah, and, and yeah. it was it was it was entertainment for everybody. It yeah. wasn't. You know, it I mean, it was the golden age. Was, That's
3: why we're talking about it, brother. It yeah. a, and that was the the first one. I mean, the first ever. That been nice to be in that first one uh, ever. But uh, I came in at three.
2: But, <laughs> but Jim, I have I have to think though the the purists must have looked at this like, oh, my God, what has wrestling become
3: now? I mean, well, that's that's in everything. I mean, even now people are saying, I can't stand the product from, you know, back 10 years ago, and then another guy come up, I can't stand the product from 20 years ago, you know. But things always change, and it was always different, and uh, that was uh, uh, just a, a special time in the business. But I think mo- most of the folks agree, that was the, the golden age of the wrestling.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, really, and it was, it exploded. Everybody was, I remember, you know, and being in New York City, everybody was talking about it. It was uh, the hottest ticket. I mean, this, and and c- celebrities of all walks of life uh, wanted to be a part of it and were into it and spread the word. Yeah. And uh, even,
3: you know, even now at, at, uh, at the TV shows, at WrestleMania, there's all kinds of movie stars, politicians, sports Sports stars. It's amazing the uh, appeal of wrestling across the, the spectrum.
2: Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned, all these things going on, and then just exploding into mainstream. And that's when you know uh, Saturday Night's main event was shortly after that when and Hogan actually you know Hulk Hogan defended his title uh, against Orton, and that was you know to be on uh, national television.
3: Um. Yeah. Was it just yeah, that, just that main event. You know, it, it holds, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins. I mean, just yeah. the whole deal. Uh, yeah, it was a, a was. good message at that time. It sure was. Yep.
2: Yeah. Train, uh, train, saying your prayers and eating your vitamins, and it was just unbelievable. And I, I can't even imagine at that point in time, uh, after what he'd probably seen in Japan, the hysteria. But. How Hulkmania, Hulkmania was just becoming uh, one of the hottest uh, entertainment properties in the world, I mean, especially in the United States, and that had was the repercussions of that uh, helped every one of the superstars that
3: surrounded him all the way down the line. And, and uh, you know, I mean, he, he, even nowadays, I mean, well, just a couple of years ago, we were doing the Hogan and Friends uh, tour. Yeah, And it was, uh, we'd go around to different venues around the country. It was Hogan, myself and the nasty boys, beefcake, uh, Eric Bischoff and, uh, Coco beware. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we go to all these different venues and we'd all sit there. And if you're a fan of all those guys, who are you going to ask a question to? Yeah. <laughs> Hulkster, so you're just- <laughs> right. Poor Hogan. He's sitting there doing all the work. Everybody's asking him, but we're sitting there having drinks. This yeah. is great, Hulkster. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah,
2: you passed the shrimp.
3: Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no For, So we did about a, a dozen of those. They, they dried up. Hogan's like, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. He's carrying us all on his back. But you know, what? And- I, I, I did one of those with him in uh, New Mexico. We were flying out like about six o'clock in the morning so we, you know, it was late night and everything. We finally got to the airport about five, and we're we're standing there, and people again are like, "It's Hulk Hogan," and they would all come yeah. around the right. guy, and he's standing there with his bag, he's got his sunglasses on, and people wouldn't ask, but just circle around him and just start taking pictures. They sign this, sign, and finally I said, "Hey, folks, you know, give the guy a break." Yeah. And how Hulk's like, you know, hey, yeah. I mean, you areas. know, and Hulks is like, hey, yeah. Hulks is like, hey, it's okay, hacker. I mean, you know, it's all right. And I'm like, you know, we all work to get to that point to be that recognizable, to they yes. be that big of a star. Yeah. But I mean, to see, it, it's there's it's it comes with a price too. It, it's hard sometimes for the guy, and that's why when people say, well, I met so, he was such a jack off. Yeah. I'm like, well, did you know what was going on in that guy's day? Yeah. You know, it might have been a bad day for him too. I mean, too, yeah. don't judge folks on, on one meeting. But Hogan, in general, I mean, he's been a uh, he's been a good friend of mine for for years. I had a gym in Florida, uh, Hacksaw Duggan's Muscle and Fitness, catchy name, huh? Yeah, I <laughs> but like it. but anyway, back in the day when we were all working, all the guys were working all the time, and you only had a few days off. On their days off, Hogan macho Beefer, and the nasty boys came over to Titusville from Tampa, about a two hour drive to open my gym for me. You know, something wow. I'll always read. Yeah, yeah, and, and,
2: and, and <laughs> yeah. And I know he still
3: has a group.
2: Yeah. And I know he still has a shot. Little,
3: body. Yeah.
2: <laughs> was that a shot?
3: That was a shot.
2: <laughs> I'd never <laughs> been in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. uh, a while, but it... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, who would have thought that, you know, you know, a year later, they have WrestleMania two, and folks, we're not going to go into every WrestleMania. The point of this is just to to uh, talk about how Hulkamania became this unbelievable phenomenon. But who would have thought that the next year they have WrestleMania two in three different locations uh, across the country, uh, at the uh, the Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon, uh, you know, in Chicago, Rosemont, Illinois, and the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles. That is just, when I think about that, what uh, that must have been
3: like to pull Logistic, off, first of all. Right, you I'm know, like, God. the poor production people. They're yeah. like, what? Oh. And way back then, too. I mean, nowadays, they, they got it down a little bit more, all the yeah. uh, the, the electronic stuff. But back yeah. then, that was uh, really a challenge, I would bet. But they didn't do that again. So they must have learned some valuable lessons. <laughs> what, what, what a done deal. <laughs> well, like, is not afraid to try new things. And no. If it doesn't work. Keep on going,
2: yeah. And then, uh, you know, during the summer, I mean, and uh, when was the first time that you met Hulk? Not until you came up or, or before then?
3: Oh, when I was big Jim back in the day, right? And when uh, I
2: mean, of course, when you did the enhancement matches, but I mean, were you actually,
3: uh, did like, I talk to him? He yeah, came, yeah, even though yeah, my first. Hogan was Hogan, yeah, I yeah. you know me and Jake uh we would do our deal and go out and do our thing. That's like I didn't really get to know Piper that well until Legend House because yeah. Yeah. you know even though you're all in the same dressing room, you say hello to everybody, everybody paired off with their own group and uh, did their own thing and uh, you know hogan and uh, and Beefer, of course, uh, they were at a different level doing their yeah. own deal it's like mm-hmm. nowadays, I mean a lot of the, all the top guys have buses. I mean, they've even got to be well. more isolated. You know, at least in the old days we'd drive together. Now everybody's got their own personal bus out there.
2: Yeah. And a lot of them have their own rooms once they get in the arena too.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. Which you know, I always know. thought was a penalty. Everybody else is playing cards, having fun, laughing. You're sitting in your own dressing room. I'm, I'm a big shot. Where's my chicken? <laughs> yeah, they are yeah, just yellow M and M's. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I know. Said, i never got my own dressing room. They put me in a broom closet once, but uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, moving along to to eighty seven though, and uh, this is still prior to my arrival in the WWF. But this is when uh, you you were in the house, and um, that it was just cooking. And then what could uh, possibly? How do you outdo? These other events. Well, you have uh, Hulk Hogan take on uh, Andre the Giant and uh, one of the biggest venues ever, and uh, it just is uh, incredible. That uh, you know, tell us about that first when, when you came up, and and you had to see Jim. I mean, like you say, you hear about it, you hear about it, but we didn't have the coverage, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch the you know the shows on the weekends or whatever, but. How eye-opening was that when you arrived and saw what was happening with the WWF?
3: You know, even though we talked about how well Mid South was doing down there, to come up to New York, it was intimidating. I mean,
2: yeah,
3: and you know, just to do the Madison Square Garden, Nassau County Coliseum, you know, like Rosemont Horizon. I mean, this historic buildings and stuff like that, and of course. You know, just getting there in the old days, forget GPSs, you'd fly into a town, you'd get the rent-a-car map, try to find your way to an arena, I mean, it was uh, it was intimidating to come up to the WWF, uh, but uh, it felt good, though, it was good to be uh, in New York, you know, if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere, and... You know, you, like I said, if you're going to come up to the WWF, you better have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. You better have a little bit of confidence. If not, you're going to get eat up and spit out. Yeah.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them
3: for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
0: Oh,
2: oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. And that uh, event uh, just had to, for people who had been in the business for years and years, and you had been in packed houses before, you'd been in places where people blew off the roof, but... You talked about being backstage when um, Hulk Hogan was in the ring against Andre the Giant, and the drama of will he let him body slam him? Uh, will it? Will, and then what happened there? Uh, I can't. Th- that memory must be so vivid in your mind of that event. I know from what you did in the ring and what you did there, but also this match.
3: Yeah. I think I, I was just so excited, so pumped to be part of the show, you know coming up and being a big part of the show, a relatively newcomer. I knew they were kind of pushing me hard, but I also knew you know that uh, nobody knew if Andre was gonna go up for Hulkster or not. you know the whole deal was for Hogan to slam Andre, and I don't think they knew till they were in the ring to Hogan actually went down to go up to get Andre to go up that Andre was gonna go up for sure. I mean, the, the, the legend has it, before they went through the curtain, Vince Hogan and Andre were standing there, and, the ho- and Vince said, uh, Andre, you're going to go up, all right, brother? And Andre, uh, you know, yeah. then, uh, yeah, so nobody knew. So everybody's waiting to see, of course, if Andre would go up. Even if yeah, he but does you, go up, also- still, what a powerhouse to get the man up. I mean, even oh the God, guy helps, right. he gives you a boost. He gets, yeah. you know, that big, huge giant up in the air. I mean, Hogan was a powerful, strong man.
2: But considering the size of Andre, even with help, that can't be, could not yeah, have been that an easy task. And it was, it was a great slam. It was a
3: great slam. It was a great slam. Yeah. Are you kidding? I mean, it was a super slam, The uh, slam Andre the Giant. And, uh, you know, that just added to, to Hogan's mystique. Uh, you know, Hogan was the only man ever to slam Andre the Giant.
2: Yeah. And, uh, that is a, just about the time when, uh, you know, I arrived in 88, uh, right when this was, uh, you know, the, 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 wave was still cresting. There was still, uh, so much going on and, uh, you know, Hulk, Hulk Hogan was, was the franchise Hulkamania was, and I've mentioned this before, you know, I, I've covered so many other, uh, professional sports, major league baseball, NBA, NFL, I've been in stadiums where there were, you know, a hundred thousand people cheering for huge events. I was at World Series, um, and I'll—I I will tell you honestly—I remember one of the first uh, events that I was at where uh, Hogan came out, and I, that cr- crowd erupted. It went right through my chest. I just chills. I just had never seen human beings cheer another one individual like that in my life, and it was just—I was just. Floored. I I just couldn't believe it, and it was that that's the way it was. Wherever that guy went, that was it. And uh, I, I've said that uh, you know I was never close to Hulk. At that point, he was kind of out of the stratosphere. Uh, as you talk about the fame, is uh, you know it can it's it's tough. It really is tough when you've got that many people pulling at you and you can't go anywhere.
3: Well, now and the poor guy. I mean, you know, we'll talk about him nowadays but i mean that you talk to him uh he's like i he got a target on his back he's so aware of he's worried about everybody taping him everybody trying to get something from him he's almost like paranoid now when you you talk to him on the phone i'm like hey holster me brother yeah. you know because that bubba the love sponge a good good friend of him turned on him so i mean the guy is uh you know and of course linda's wife left him i mean he's had a lot of personal challenges also
2: yeah and it's uh yeah it's 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 uh very jaded life of people like who do you trust and and uh so i told you like the first time i met him and he told me not to not to unpack you <laughs> know like so and, but uh he was always great i you know whenever we did interviews and i did have conversations with him it's just I, I was never close and i'm not gonna sit in a chair here and say you know oh yeah because we just weren't but but he was never. We never had an incident. He was always great with interviews. I think he respected what I did. We, we you know, we did how many hundreds of interviews together. together? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Work together. But, but I, but I don't fault it. I think maybe if I would have been there earlier and before all this happened, it may have been different, be, because Gene, you know, he was Gene's, you know, very close to Gene, and to this day, he's
3: a different guy too. He, he's involved yes. as, as we all have. I mean, you know, he was kind yeah. of a dick, you know, a pain in the butt back in the day, you know, as we all probably were. But. uh you know, he's changed now, and I, I think he's, he's at peace with his life now. I mean, he's happy. His daughter, Brooke, doing well, Nick. You know, and that's, he got so much heat over the deal with his boy got in the accident years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they crippled that other guy. And the kid, uh, Nick, you know, it was a young guy. The kid was a screw-up. And, the, and Nick is in jail, and, and Hogan talks to him on the phone. And the, the news media goes crazy, Hulk Hogan. And Hogan's like, hey, wait a minute. It's my son. Yeah. I'm not going to crap on my boy, even though the boy screwed up and did all this horrible thing. Hogan stuck by his boy during this whole horrible thing, and people blistered him for it. And stay and say, hey, well, there's a stand-up guy. He's standing next to his kid, even though his kid messed up. The guy's doing, I think, which was the right thing to stand up and stand up for his boy, even though his boy made the mistake. I mean... And then yeah. when the divorce went down, Nick ended up with Linda and went against Hogan. So I mean, yeah. it bit him on the butt. But I, I guess it's all patched up now.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you've ever watched that documentary. Um, I think it's Finding Hulk Hogan, or but but on A and E. Uh, and boy, I mean, he was very candid about that whole situation. This was before, you know, the latest, uh, you know, the settlement and everything with Gawker and all. This was before all that incident was made public. But. It was during that period when, uh, you know, uh, after the divorce and all that. And yeah, uh, some, a lot of dark times there, but uh, at this point in time, and like I said, when I arrived there in 88 and um, this is when, and, and this is what really stands out to me and will forever that because it was a period that I was working there was that was, I think that when Randy Savage and we talked about Randy Savage, but I think that uh, Randy Savage played a huge role in uh, continuing to to keep that that Hulkamania rolling, and I don't know if he gets enough credit for that. May you know, maybe a lot of uh, fans do, but I think that was a huge component of that. With with that whole the mega powers and the and the and the angle they ran between Randy and Liz, Randy yeah. and Liz uh, was awesome. I mean that, and we've talked before, Jim, about how you we're able to develop these storylines. These one, this went on for, you know, a year. I mean, it was, uh, you know, that whole thing and, and different other longer, you know, with these d- uh, different connections, but man, I mean, that was just, uh, an awesome run between those two. And I, and me, and you know, it doesn't happen all the time, uh, when you even have two tremendous performers, these, right. yeah, these no, two was together just... was, it was great.
3: A good, it was a good matchup. Like I said, it doesn't always happen. No matter, you know, sometimes you can put two really good talents in there together, and they just don't mesh well. Yeah. But that whole deal with uh, Macho and uh, and Hulkster, and then throw Liz in the mix—that that even carried on backstage a little bit because Macho was so you know crazy about Liz, so possessive of Liz. I mean, when they did, uh, I think it was uh, SummerSlam or Survivor Series where they pulled Liz's skirt off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah macho was so upset when they did the deal with uh when uh, they pulled liz's skirt off at at that show he had a fit over that i mean he was uh so possessive of liz the uh, angle you know like was close to home was true to life yeah it was there
2: (laughs) yeah and and but really though it was uh it was just awesome though i i mean and and like i said i'm probably a little jaded here because i was i got to be somewhat a part of it and the whole thing and the way it went down but uh Those were uh, just unbelievable years. It was, and it was good for everybody. And I, I recall uh, an early lesson I learned on, uh, early on when I got there about the, the respect the boys have for each other. It was an old school, and I remember we'd go and do the Boston show, and we'd do the garden uh, in New York, and. when the guys would come into the room, into the locker room, everybody would be sitting around and you would go to every single guy and shake their hand. The significance of that is, you know, not only the respect, but how appreciative you are because this guy's helping you put food on the table and those house shows, which is what you guys at the time made your, was your, hay, uh, Red was, letter, yeah. and, and when Hulk Hogan was on that card, you guys were going to make some money.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hogan, that was the A team, you know, because remember they had uh, a lot of times they were running three towns a night, A, B, and C. And, uh, if you wanted to be on that, uh, it'd be better to be down the card and be on the A team than, uh, be semi main on the C team. You'd make more bread. So, yeah. uh, you always wanted to be with, uh, wherever Hulkster was.
2: Yeah. And he did. And he, and that's another reason that I credit with him for what he did for professional wrestling during that period of time, he made a lot of people, a lot of money, a lot of those superstars that were uh, gifted yeah, enough of course to, make, to be it, on yeah. those rosters.
3: And the, so. and the guys that worked with them. I mean, uh, that's what, you know, being a baby face, you missed out working at top angle with Hulkster. I mean, big boss man and and Kamala and guys like that, that got a chance to work with, uh, with uh, Hogan on top. I mean, that's where they, they made the big money. I mean, they, imagine doing Hogan at a, a Mania or another big pay-per-view. I mean, that's where the, the big payoffs were. Yeah,
2: but then that, that really stands out to me, that period of time. But then you this is about, and then around, we're talking a WrestleMania six and, uh, you know, uh, 1990, um, you know, we saw the, the, the Ultimate Warrior really start to uh, explode on the scene. And, um, I don't know, remember thinking back then, is this the next guy? Uh, did you think that Jim, that he was, uh, hope they were hoping that he would be the next Hulk Hogan, uh, that that wave was starting to, uh, settle.
3: Well, I think they're always looking for the next big thing, you know, and, uh, I, but I, I think it'd be it's going to be, I don't know if the Warrior or anybody else could really fill uh, Hogan's shoes, you know. I mean, uh, Hulkster, Hulkster was Hulkster. And, but, the, you know, also the big business is bigger than anyone. I remember them saying, you know, the, there'll never be another Bruno San Martino, and boom, there was a Hulkster. There'll never be another Hulkster, boom, there was a Rock. There'll never yeah. be another Rock, right. boom, there's John Cena. I mean, the business is bigger than anyone talent. But in in my humble opinion, uh, Hogan is the guy. I mean, he's the uh, he's the pinnacle of wrestling.
0: Yeah,
2: and you know about this time. This is when the Warrior came on the scene, and uh, Vince was look. I mean, uh, Hulk was looking for you know becoming what we've seen a lot of these other stars, The Rock or whatever. He saw Hollywood, and he wanted to be uh, part of that. And that's remember, No Holds Bard came out, and that was a a WWF
3: movie production <laughs> with big Zeus, uh, big yeah. tiny
2: Tom, Tom tiny Lister. Yeah. Zeus. Uh, I remember we got, we saw the premiere <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it's not, it's not uh, going to be on my top 10. Uh, I don't know for about you, Jim, but,
3: well, I don't know if you've seen that pro wrestlers versus zombies too. I mean, to be well, yeah, part of the filmography can't be a movie yeah. critic and like wrestling stuff? <laughs> That's right. But uh, I
2: this is and then when Warrior uh, you know won the first title and um, you know Hulk would be still huge. He would have feuds with Earthquake and uh, you know the Royal Rumbles that he won, and then he then when he had the big run with Sergeant Slaughter. WrestleMania seven. And we, you know, there's always the United States, you know, the, the flag that he, you know, against Sergeant Slaughter, that was a great run. Uh, but this is when it started to me, it started to, uh, crash I mean, it started to, you know, fall. It it was, um, we're talking into the nineties. There was all the rumors about the steroids. Uh, Hulk would end up testifying and, um, and I always remember that appearance on Arsenio Hall and that I thought hurt him tremendously um when when it uh you know kind of came out and so i think when i think back and and i i don't know if that would ever c- could ever be recreated again maybe because it was it, it took wrestling to unbelievable heights for one thing and no one could have ever imagined it would get that big. Uh, You've talked about before just, uh, you know, being at these events and traveling and the buses and the, uh, the police escorts and not being able to go anywhere. And as big as movie stars anywhere. And you partied with movie stars and they wanted to be near you guys. And it was just, it was incredible.
3: Yeah, we got to it, be a it, part was of good it. Good old days, you know. I, we joke about it. Uh, Jake and I were joking about it uh, this past weekend. It was it was a a great time to be in the business, uh, and we were lucky. Lucky to be there, and and as I said many times, it's it's humbling to do these like comic cons and autograph sessions where these people. God bless them. They remember they were young kids, and they're like they're eight years old again. They come up to see you, and they're like, "Oh, I grew up with you, hacksaw." Yeah. and they bring their young kid up. I used to watch this guy when I was your age, and I mean, and people just remember that era, and uh, we're so lucky to be part of it.
2: Yeah, and when. Uh, he went down to uh, the WCW and there is, you know, uh, many stories that he was lured there by Bischoff. And uh, I I don't think that it was anything to do with the case. I think that, uh, you know, with all of what was going on with the trial, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Vince wanted him out of there to let things cool down. I don't think he ever thought he would really be out of the WWF. I don't know. But um, I'm sure when he they, left they
3: there, him a boatload of money to get him down there at WCW.
2: Yeah. I think, I think they seized an opportunity
3: and it was what yeah. they really did. And that was a good opportunity for him. Yeah. For Hogan, for Hogan. I mean, obviously it was a good opportunity for a lot of us that made the move down to WCW. And yeah. It was a good, the whole deal for a good thing for wrestling. Cause that started the whole, uh, the contract deal. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think during that, you know, that period of time and the, uh, he did very well down there. And then the, all, everything with the NWO and as you've talked about how he saw an opportunity and he ran with it and we saw what they did, but it was, it, it was never the same. It was, as I said, we talked about before with Randy, there was a point where it just turned for me and I knew that it was never going to be the same again. No, and, but that's um, how
3: started the, the Monday night wars, which was a whole yeah. other time in the business, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. well and exactly and I'm sh- and uh Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan uh played a big role in that. But to me the golden I think a lot of people when they think about the 80s and the 90s there man was that a was that a, just an unbelievable time. And uh just a few of the things you know that uh Hulk Hogan was named the most requested celebrity of the 1980s for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We're talking yeah. Anybody, anybody,
3: yeah, I bet, you know, but also I bet now, like, but this year it's probably John Cena. I mean, wrestlers yeah. do probably oh, more and, stuff than anybody.
2: Right. But I'm just saying, yeah, imagine I, that though. Back then, uh, you're talking yeah. all these, uh, other athletes, other
3: well, yeah, celebrities. I think, he's one of, I think he's one of the most recognizable people in the world. You can put yeah. a picture up of Hulk Hogan pretty much anywhere in the world. And they're going to know who he is, which is yeah. crazy. Well, and you, you think know?
2: about that time too. Uh, he was on the covers of, of Sports Illustrated, TV Guide, uh, People Magazine. Uh, he was That's on Tonight the Tonight Show. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, and, and was
3: his,
2: a, the cartoon. Remember the cartoon?
3: Well, of course, yeah, yeah. And he was on many covers of magazines all around the world. French magazines over in Great Britain, of course, all through Japan. I mean, yeah. Were you all one of, of the characters
2: hopes. on the? Were you on the, one of the characters?
3: No, they, they. I didn't make the hillbilly. Made oh, okay. it. A lot of folks hillbilly. got me mixed up with hillbilly. So I said, Oh, yeah, that's me.
2: Yeah. Oh, so he's <laughs> still getting those checks?
3: Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know if somebody is. I guess. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but you know, uh, uh,
3: that's that's one thing uh, since we're probably getting towards the end of the deal with, yes. with Hulkster, that they took him out of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. How in the world can anybody do that for anything, not to mention the minor little stuff that they took him out for? I mean, you know, supposedly they taped it at home where he was used the N-word and some other derogatory stuff. I'm like, I hope they never taped me at home. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. brother. I'm like blazing saddles. I blast everybody. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, um, yeah, it is amazing. And then it, it's also incredible that there's a, a program on the WWE Network that where they uh, run down the top 50 uh, impactful wrestlers in history. Um, and Hulk is like twenty something, and yeah. it's like I, I watch that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, really? How can you? How can you even uh, yeah. say that? Because well, to know, me, and yeah. they always say with Mount Rushmore or whatever. I mean, they're the the first. Uh, and, uh, look, old school. They're the people that uh, you know blazed the trail. But nobody, no one. There is not one single person that, in my mind that did more and, and Vince McMahon did his part with the, the brilliant uh, promotion and the syndication of these programs and the connection with MTV. But it was Hulk Hogan who was pulling that train when he stepped into the ring. And if you didn't have that product, it didn't matter what you were spreading across the country.
3: Right. Yeah, it was a perfect storm. I mean, you had McMahon, and like you said, you had uh, Hogan was a locomotive. He had a good train of guys. I mean, he had a great roster, but you had the right guy leading the deal and uh, leading the charge, and, of course, uh, Vince with his uh, visionary idea of professional wrestling, I mean, it was a perfect storm of talent, and that's why it's the, the powerhouse it is nowadays.
2: Yeah, but you
3: can't forget, uh, you know, on who's back. Uh, yeah i can't sorry. see the candle i mean you have him in, in one of the 20 20th uh most impact wrestlers are not in the wwe hall of fame it's it's a miscarriage of justice and and hopefully one day they'll they'll change it i don't know you know what kind of heat is between him and vince or, or whatever else but uh hogan if anything definitely deserves to be in the hall of fame
2: yeah i i totally agree with you jim on that and uh and to me, it should be uh, uh, he he is the person that really uh, when you look back and uh, it, they would it would not be what it is today by any stretch of the imagination. And with, with that, Jim, and I, and I really, uh, you know, have enjoyed this conversation because to me, that was uh, the best of times in the WWF.
3: Yeah, as we said, uh, Hogan's Hogan. Because of all the
2: personal things that happened outside, but, uh, you know, uh, what happened during that period of time and and what, uh, you know, he brought into the ring for, for people, and it's just incredible. Well, folks, uh, we want to thank you for once again tuning in. Uh, Jim, you know, we still have T-shirts online for sale. I
3: can imagine
2: uh, we do. <laughs> com. There's some awesome T-shirts there, folks. I wish you'd check them out. Uh, All you have to do is uh, type in there, Primetime with Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Sean Mooney. It'll take you right there to the page. Uh, There's what was, uh, was that a shot? There's also uh, Sean Mooney who, uh, okay. Uh, We've got the Primetime logo, which I love that T-shirt. And uh, uh, there's uh, some, just check them out, okay. There's some good (laughs) ones there. We hope you'll check them out. Please. Um, you can, uh, get in touch with us at, uh, official hacksaw on Twitter. And, uh, also me, you can reach at uh, at Sean Mooney, who we'd love to get your emails. Oh, of course there's at, um, primetime MLW. That's the official Twitter account and, uh, email us. We'd love to hear from you on email. You can reach us, uh, at primetime at MLW.com primetime at MLW.com. And we are going to be giving more DVDs away. I'm going to keep them, but uh, we, we have our two winners. They've got their DVDs on the way to them. So um, keep those reviews coming. And I still have the bowl with all the names in there that will draw them out. Um, what do you got coming? You're so darn busy, uh, Hacksaw, trying to keep up with you. Uh, you. You mentioned at the top of the show, but I know you've got stuff coming up. Tell uh, tell the folks where they can find you.
3: Well, uh, this, this uh, coming weekend, of course, is going to be that uh, – the great big Comic-Con up in Marble, Massachusetts with all the uh, McFoley demolition, demolition, Lee Majors and, and people like that. But then the following weekend, I'm going to be in Oklahoma City for the Wizard World Comic-Con. But on the uh, Saturday, the 28th, I'm going to be doing my stand-up show at uh, the Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. So uh, two, week, uh, two, two weekends from now, it's going to be a, a big time in Oak, Oak City for me.
2: All right, folks. That's where you can uh, actually meet Hacksaw in person. We've got uh, lots more on the way. We hope you'll keep tuning in. We want to thank our producer Casey Drumbeck for all he's uh, done to help us out. And I think he's
3: Hacksaw. Taking a nap now yeah. still awake.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's still with us. I'm sure. <laughs> all right, Hacksaw. Great chatting with you once again.
3: Well, Sean, always nice to talk to you, my friend. It's, uh, it's good. I hope the fans enjoy us uh, visiting together, and we're having fun. Oh, see you next week, prime time with Mooney and Duggan, tough guy.